Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and I just celebrated a very important holiday in my own personal life. It was my Gedeutschtag, my German anniversary, my, my land anniversary. I've heard very many different names for this day, and I like all of them, though personally, I mean, I'm biased, but I like Gedeutschtag the best. So basically, it's the anniversary of the day that I moved to Germany, and that was three years ago last week. Happy third Gedeutschtag to me. <laughs> For the non-German speakers, that's a really terrible language pun that I've made. Geburtstag is birthday, and I just took the word birth out of birthday and plugged in German. So, Geburtstag. Anyway, <laughs> I celebrated just doing some of my favorite things around Freiburg, and the other day I had a very, very Freiburg day that involved a whole series of activities that are just quintessential Freiburg. And it ended with me checking off a bucket list item so there's this park in town with a lake in it, and the lake has a bridge that goes across the middle. When I first moved to Freiburg, I remember just Googling things to do in Freiburg because I knew nothing about this place and I didn't know anyone. And I went over to this park called Say Park, and I saw people jumping off of this bridge into the lake. And I saw the entire park just filled with young people, old people, young families, just everyone of every age doing fun, cool things. And I remember feeling so excited to be a part of that, to be a part of that culture. Then, of course, three years come and go. And I've barely spent any time in that park because it's across town from where I live. And yeah, whatever. Life happens and and I wasn't there very often, but I always thought about the way people would jump off that bridge as such a Freiburg thing to do. And lo and behold, just a few days ago, I was there. It was evening actually. The sun was just setting and I met up with some friends and some friends of friends and convinced everyone that we should go swimming even though it was kind of dark. <laughs> So we threw on our bathing suits and we ran out onto that bridge and I jumped off the bridge with the sunset to my left and the moon rising very, very brightly to my right. <sighs> coming up from when you plunge down, just coming up into that water, looking around, seeing the last little bits of sunset over the mountains, seeing the moon and seeing the people in the moonlight was just one of the most beautiful moments this summer. And I, I just am so glad that 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 moment happened for me. I jumped off the bridge. I'm, I'm one of the Freiburgers doing cool Freiburg stuff. <laughs> now to today's episode, I am talking with a fellow podcaster. So Mari is the host of the Expat Lady Experience podcast, which I've always been a fan of just based on the name alone. I just I really like that title. And I'm just as much of a fan of her as I am of her podcast. She was an absolute blast to talk to. And as you'll hear me say in the episode, I had so many tech issues the day that we were supposed to record. So you'll notice my audio quality is quite terrible. And actually, that was the best that I could get it. We almost had to cancel the episode and not even do it. But Murray helped me figure it out. And she helped me use some of her podcasting tools to make it happen. So just got to give a shout out to her for, for really coming in and saving the day. And also a, a little apology ahead of time for the listeners. It's not the typical quality that you're used to hearing in the podcast. Another word of warning, the episode does involve some cursing. We talk about a lot of issues that impact women. So things like being safe walking home at night and the things that women fear might happen doing things like that. That kind of stuff comes up. So if those topics are sensitive to you or if the use of 
adult language, we'll call it that. <laughs> if that's offensive to you, maybe sit this one out. For those of you who do go ahead and listen, I really hope that you would enjoy it despite the terrible audio quality on my end. <laughs> My name is Mari. Hello. I am originally from Tallinn, Estonia, which not many people know where it is, but it's a place. Honestly, we have a language and everything, so it's super <laughs> legit. And I live in Cologne, Germany, and I've been here on and off for about two years now, but it's been literally over like a three and a half year period so um let me go ahead by starting off and complimenting you a lot because first off you're super funny second off you're clearly very patient because uh background information for everyone we just spent a full half hour of me trying to get my tech stuff together to record this and Mari not only was patient through that but also stepped in and saved the day with some of her own recording uh knowledge and information so thank you for that <laughs> sisterhood sisterhood be before anything else honestly host before tech problems. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I actually was thinking as I was like low key stressing and being like, oh God, this isn't working. How relieved I am that it's you and that it's this topic that we're doing together because I think this is such a good example of the wonderful thing that is bonding with other women because I, I know that you get me and I know that you are like, hey girl, it's okay. We're going to figure this out. And I find for me, I don't want to paint across the board too much, but for me, I expat women bring this out of me like they make me feel like everything is going to be okay yeah I think we are often oftentimes women with immigration background or expert women or however you title yourself we are like a special breed of people because of the experiences that we've lived through and it's like you know what it's gonna be okay <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you think about so many women become expats, immigrants, what have you. Many come through relationships into this life, into this world, and they end up being the ones to reinvent their career and reform their social circles, um, maybe take on a role of full-time motherhood that they hadn't previously taken on. So that's often a lot of heavy lifting that if you can get your life in order after all of those changes, like you are a durable strong person and and it also puts things in perspective and you just stop worrying so much about little things absolutely i agree and of course there are also men that come through similar routes into this life and they also can have this quality i just want to say at the upfront like everything that i say personally is not to exclude men just we're, we're here with the expat lady experience and as a lady myself and an expat lady i i can definitely speak yeah and at the same time like I also I don't try to exclude anybody in my work or like in my experiences that I share and, and the platforms that I create but um, it is a special condition being a woman abroad and or traveling as a woman it is slightly different and this is the experience that I know like this is the only life I'm going to live and I am trying to open myself to as many perspectives as possible but there are more than seven billion people on the planet I am never ever gonna be able to include everybody equally and for women these spaces where they feel safe they are important because in big parts of the world we don't often feel safe day to day and that's just something that is a universal female experience I think and so yeah these these spaces are important I think 
Yeah, absolutely. And well, I want to just latch onto that word safety right away. That's one of the things I was thinking about in preparation for this episode is coming from America and living now in Germany, I overall feel much more safe in, in public spaces, in darkness at night. <laughs> if I'm walking home at night alone, I feel less concerned about that in Germany. And I was curious to hear, what do you think? Have you felt any noticeable difference in your feelings of safety? So I have only lived in Europe. I've lived in three countries, but they've all been in Europe, but they are all super different because we have vast cultural complexity here in Europe as well. I feel relatively safe in Germany. Having said that, the only instances of public harassment that I have felt have been in Germany as an adult. As a child, I had that too. I was bullied as a child. And I think I see bullying patterns very easily or sometimes I imagine that they're there also because they're not and that's just because of my trauma but I have been followed twice in Germany and I was not prepared for that because so I have also serious self-esteem issues and I have never viewed myself as like a desirable human being or somebody who is super like aesthetically beautiful or something so I was like no I'm gonna be excluded in all of that and then that happened to me and then I was like oh fuck this also is universal that people just come and follow you because they feel they have some sort of a claim on you just because I don't know you're weaker than them or something so that happened to me but in general I have never felt threatened per se in my day-to-day life like I cycle alone I walk alone you know I walk at night it's Europe in in that way I think is relatively safe yeah yeah oh that's so interesting uh this is a whole nother topic but my overall feelings of safety have shifted so dramatically living in the U.S. versus living in Germany and it's made me so much more aware that I I was pretty much permanently slightly concerned about something an unknown something when I was in the States and that's slowly falling away the longer I live here. And yeah, so maybe that's interesting. Maybe it has more to do with my specific cultural background than my gender. Yeah, no, but I totally get it. Like you and I are both podcasters and I I just interviewed somebody the other week who um, repatriated also from the US and we talked, she has kids and we talked about like children having freedom in Europe versus the US and um, and like kids go to school on their own when they're like seven, eight, nine years old, easily in many parts of Europe, Germany included. In the US, I think in some t- states you can literally be fined or like charged with negligence if you leave your kids at home on, on, if they're like under 12 years or something. So it's super, super different. Yeah, we don't get taught in schools that girls are in danger if they wear like ponytails or something like I that was just like I was like what the hell like people wear keys between their fingers and it's like I I never had any of that wow wow see for me that's such a part of my identity as a woman is having pepper spray on your key ring one of my friend's mom used to she used to tell us when we were younger like uh if anyone tries (laughs) to so um, extreme, but she was like, if anyone tries to like assault you or rape you, um, pee on them, you know, like, which I don't even know if that's good advice, but it was just a thing that I was told at a young age from another woman about how I should exist in the world as a female. And I, to me, I'm like, oh, this is universal, right? Like this is all, a lot of women I talked to have had that kind of messaging, but yeah, a lot of women I've talked to are American women. So 
this is just tragic. The the price you need to pay for for existing in the world as a woman, as a female, is is that well, shit is gonna be done to you, but you just have to make sure that they get caught afterwards. It's like it's such a twisted, perverse message to to raise people with. So uh, how do you feel about feminism in Germany? Like, what's your experience of the word feminism, the idea behind feminism in this country? Oh, my God. I mean, I knew that you wanted to talk about it, but and I was thinking about it, but I, I'm like, this is such a complex subject. So I describe myself as a feminist. I have for quite a few years already, but I did not grow up thinking that feminism was like a thing that you should consider in life feminism i think in so many cultures and in so many countries has become a dirty word basically where it's like oh she's you know oh my god she's such a bitch like she must be like a weird like feminist or whatever like burning bras at home or whatever but um germany you have a lot of difference in germany when it comes to equality or feminism and i would like to think that people here, that women here have a pretty strong sense of independence or pretty strong sense of self. And when you walk in the street, then German women are not super into fashion or super into hyper awareness of beauty or things like that, like fashion or style in Germany, at least where I am here in Cologne and in this area in Western Germany is super relaxed. I go out on a daily basis looking borderline homeless and I blend (laughs) right in. You know, so it's very relaxed. Like you don't see many people wear makeup. It's almost to a point where if you go out like fully dressed up, like wearing a dress and a heel and heels and a makeup, you look alien because nobody <laughs> resembles that. So my original idea, uh, sort of understanding was like, oh, wow, everybody's like super chilled about everything here and it must be like a super evolved society when it comes to attraction and human connection and equality and all of that but when you dive deeper into it you still see a lot of misogyny a lot of patriarchal systems as you do everywhere I had a really interesting conversation just last weekend with uh, a German woman in her early 30s And we were talking about workplace equality and pay gaps and and all of that and maternity, paternity leave and and the way Scandinavian countries now, Sweden, for example, has compulsory paternity leave in case it's a couple that is raising a child. And if the father does not take it out, then they just lose that allotment of pay time off. So they are trying to create this equality through this policy that, you know, employers can't just look at women and say, well, you might take time off to have a child because men also have to do it. And we were talking about all these things. Basically, we ended up with her saying that she said something along the lines. I now think that maybe inequality is okay in the workplace because I want to become a mother and I see these mothers at work right now and I think it's justified that if I become a mother and take time off that I am worse off than the men who don't take time off that for whatever reason in her brain the fact that she's gonna be removing herself from the workforce for a time being to have a child and to raise a child makes it okay for her now 
not to have equal pay or not or not to have the same opportunities and that was like a gut-punching feeling for me because I was like wait what the heck I want to understand this but I also want to understand what we need to do to change that mindset overall because I don't think that's okay yeah that's a tough one like because you want to respect everyone's opinion and especially for talking about feminism and in this specific conversation you know women's right to be treated equally but if there's a woman saying that she does not want to be treated equally in some way oh what do you do with that yeah I I think I've probably heard I don't know if I've ever heard someone say that that explicitly but I've definitely implicitly or indirectly received similar information from other women and it's it's really confusing um they are such pragmatic people, the Germans, and and I can see some of them being like, well, I am not at the workplace for these this year. Maternity leave is often around a year. Therefore, I'm behind, and therefore, maybe I don't have the same career opportunities. Like, if they just sort of look at that in a vacuum, maybe I can understand where this sort of pragmatism kicks in. But yeah, it's kind of wild. And then, and then you know, we're in a country where there's been a lady running the country for, what, 16 years? And there are kids... Teenagers, like grown, almost grown children who, you know, they've never experienced a man in charge. And and so you think, wow, like they're really, they really did it. They did feminism. It happened. Um, yeah. And then you order a beer at a, a restaurant and the waiter brings it to the man at the table and not the woman who ordered it. And you're like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. There are these things that are so ingrained in us. Like I've been at a coffee stand with a guy, like a friend, and uh, and he's ordering something. And in, instead of turning to me and asking what I want, the man making the coffee asked him, so what does your wife want? <laughs> and I was like, wait, 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 there are so many things wrong, in here, wrong here. Because first of all, I'm not a wife. I'm not his wife. I'm not even his date. Second of all, I can fucking speak for myself, even though... I might not be super eloquent in German. I can I can order coffee in German. And then people, when, when you point out these small things, people get like, well, you've been unreasonable. You don't really like, that's such a small thing. But those are the microaggressions that then turn into bigger things. Because if you only hear jokes that are sexist, for example, then your mind turns sexist in a way because those are the neural pathways that get reinforced over and over and over again. It is very often women who tear other women down because women can be very vicious. So patriarchy has done a really good number. Like it's an ingenious invention, all <laughs> of it, because it has worked so well for so long that people can't even imagine it not being there anymore. Man, I'm just thinking like <laughs> one side effect of the patriarchy that I experienced in the States is... Um, <sighs> The friendships that women make in the bar bathroom are special <laughs> and beautiful and holy things. Like, I don't know if this yeah. is in other countries too. Weird <laughs> stuff happens in the women's bathrooms in bars and, and clubs. And you can go in there and the, this woman who was giving you evil eyes on the dance floor because you were dancing too close to the guy she has a crush on, you get in the bathroom together and she'll go up to you and be like, are you doing okay? Was he, was he getting too handsy? Like, you just all of a sudden, like, your, your buddies, your best friends, you bond and like you're there for each other. And then you go back out into public and it's it's different somehow. Um, but I found that that doesn't really exist here. Like if, you, if I go to the bathroom in Germany, it doesn't matter where I am, doesn't matter how drunk anyone is. People just do their thing and then they leave. And I'm like, oh, but where where's my little like sisterhood power hour on the toilets? 
What? Yeah, people in Germany don't do that. No, they don't really. Uh, they do when you are really full on. So like if I'm out with my my American friends, then drunk German women actually get on the train of like, oh my God, they're loud. And like, maybe we would like to be like them because Germans, and that's something that people don't discuss publicly because, you know, Nazis and everything. But Germans to this day have so much internalized guilt that they are brought up with. The way that they are schooled is is that, you know, they are made to feel like everything that went wrong is their fault personally. And that's why Germans get so crazy about football, because that's like the only time they feel that they are able to to express their patriotism or like wave their flag. Like nobody in Germany or anywhere else in Europe, really, but especially in Germany, would even dream about having a T-shirt with a with a German flag on it or like making fucking songs out of German colors, which like. You know, I've seen the gear that people sell online before 4th of, 4th of July and like some of this shit is super weird <laughs> <laughs> that the Americans do. But oh, like oh, in yeah. Germany, you would never, ever, ever see that. They don't have that. They can't celebrate because they were not victorious. But in terms of the everyday average person level, there is a lot that is yet to be unpacked and like talked about and and. There's a lot of grief that hasn't been able to publicly be expressed because everybody's like, it's your fault. So you need to go and stand in the corner and be ashamed. Right. So there's also like that aspect that Germans are very introverted. A lot of them. You can see in their eyes sometimes that they would like to also go crazy, like the loud foreigners do or whatever. But a lot of them feel this restraint this sort of societal restraint. And it's like a, a huge thing. It's not just it's not just because of Nazis, honestly. And I am not a behavioral psychologist or, or anybody, but it's just, that's my experience being here, that they have a lot of internalized stuff that they feel that they need to be really proper and they really yeah. need to like um, keep their guard up. I think that they have a cultural value of, of balance and diversity not in the sense of racial diversity necessarily they, they've got some work to do there but for instance I, I have a friend well a roommate in fact she's German and we just started a shared flat together me her and another girl and when we were organizing the three of us were going to move in together she had a moment of like oh well I actually really want it there to be a male I, I just think it's good for balance that we have a male involved too and I thought that was such an interesting thing to have thought and voiced because it was irrelevant. We had already decided it was going to be the three of us. And she was like, yeah, it's fine. It's just not really what I was planning or, or wanting for, for this initially. And I've noticed through living with her that she does live a very intentionally balanced life in terms of she never spends too much time with just this one group of people, like a lot of people from different hobby or interest groups or people who she relates to in these different ways and definitely a mixture of boys and girls. Whereas I'm coming in here and I'm like in my full on, like I am coming through a very dramatic breakup in the arms of all of the women around me. Right. And so I am fully like, here are all of my female friends who will cuddle me on the couch while I cry. Um, <laughs> and watching her see me and experience this and slowly sort of between the three of us women our atmosphere is becoming more of this wonderful, free, very feminine space in a way that I know she did not intend to have, but it's fun watching her 
lean into that and be like, hey, this is actually kind of also cool. I don't know. I have, I have a lot of female friend groups and and they're so special and specific in their character. That's actually something that I really like because I had never had really close male friends until I moved to Germany. And that's definitely something that at least from TV and media, the sort of the US center TV and media reinforces that, oh, men and women can't be friends. And yeah. I think that's also something that is perpetuated a lot. And then in Germany, as you said, people are balanced. I like to think of them as trying to live a very centrist life. <laughs> yeah. That they don't want to go to any extremes. But it also means that you are not just viewed as a sexual being, that you are actually viewed for your humanity. And you can meet, like, I've met people on dating apps. One of my best friends is a guy here who I met first on a dating site. And we met up and we're like, nope no sexual attraction <laughs> but you are so cool let's get to know each other so there is this notion here that you can have male and female friends despite of your sex it doesn't matter who you identify as you can have things in common with everybody and it doesn't need to end up with you naked in bed with them you know and <laughs> yeah. that's something that I really really appreciate about how they do friendships here yeah that's so true yeah I remember the other day I mentioned something about how I find meeting up with strangers from the internet a little nerve wracking. Um, but when I do it through people I've met through the podcast, this is 90% of the time women and I feel super yeah. comfortable about it. And I've even like gone to stay with in the house of someone I've, I've never met, but it's just, it's a lady through the internet. Whereas dating apps, I'm, I'm learning them and, and starting to go on dates with people that I've met through there. And I'm so uncomfortable about it because they're men. I was expressing this to a friend the other day and I was like, well, it is just harder when it's males. And the German friend in the group immediately snapped her head up and was like, why? Like she did not understand and the conversation kept going. So we didn't get to talk about it, but just her confusion, like utter, like, wait, what? Like actually it was only American women and this one German woman um, there. And, and the American woman, we just accepted that as a fact and kept talking. Whereas for the German, this was, huh? And so since then it made me reflect back and be like, oh, what, why is it different? Like why, what is in my head that, that these two experiences are in any way different? Well, okay. One's yeah. a date. But <laughs> no, yeah, of course, because if you go out with somebody with the intention of like trying to make that a date, then it, it already is nerve more nerve wracking. But I think making friends as an adult, especially if you live abroad, because also like so many of the people that I've met in person or who are my friends now, we also first met online, like in different expat groups like you. Facebook is a wonderful thing for that. Almost every major city in Europe has like an expat community group. We here in Cologne, we have a exclusively female community group as well. And, and we, you know, have get togethers and all of that. And that's how, you know, my podcast started out because I was just so inspired by this community that you can curate for yourself, this family that you can have, even though you are away from your own family. Right. And like all of these dynamics start to play. But making friends as an adult like this, it is very much like dating because you're sort of like, hey, does anybody want to meet up? I'm looking for new friends. And then these people answer and you're like, OK, well, I'm going to go on coffee dates with a few of them now. And then you get there and it really, really feels like you're going on a blind date or like a first date with somebody you've just matched with on Tinder or whatever. You know, you sit there and you chat and you're trying to find out if you have anything in common. You try to find out if you vibe or if you should just, just move on. And then if you don't vibe and you don't find anything in common, then you also have to go through this awkward phase of like, 
are we going to ghost each other or are we just going to be like, hey, let's be casual acquaintances, you know? Like the, the, the whole dynamic is exactly the same. And it is so interesting to me because I am so curious about like how people tick, like what makes us us and like what connection feels like and, and is it a universal thing? And so it is very much like dating, making friends and it's exhausting. You get home after like one coffee date with a new person and you feel like you've ran a half marathon. I mean, I wouldn't know what that feels like because never ever <laughs> will I do that. But... <laughs> I like to pick the pick up the language of dating and just put it onto friendship. When I really want to be friends with someone, but I don't really know them yet, I've always called that a friend crush. And yeah, um, yeah I refer to them as dates if I meet up with, even if it's a woman, um, even if it's just for friendship, I'm just using those terms because I'm like, well, that's what it is. Like Exactly. It's dating. It really is. And then you, if you're invited to their home and like it, it, it evolves, like you go into second base, you know, uh-huh, in yeah. friendship. <laughs> like. <laughs> And then like, you know, I just, I just went on a getaway with my girls and like, I was like, okay, this is the first time we all are going to sleep in the same room. Like, I don't think I had seen some of them without makeup until then. And I was like, if you show yourself to not, if you wear makeup most of the time, I don't personally, but there are people who wear makeup on a daily basis who don't leave the house without it for them to show themselves to you without makeup. That's a huge thing. So one thing that I have noticed my American friends bring in to their German lives is this sort of emotional freedom. We don't have that guilt that the Germans have. We probably should because there's plenty of reasons that we ought to, but but we don't. And um, that carefree yeah. attitude, this sort of be loud, be how you are. So actually, an American friend of mine started a little friend group, a ladies friend group. It was back in the back in the day, pre-corona. We used to do once a month uh, girls' nights that allowed us all to break off into smaller side groups of, of friendship. So I think most of us in that group are really close with two to three of those people. And then we come together as a larger entity now and again. And it's a really wonderful level of dynamic. Do you have anything like that in Cologne? I do. Yeah. So we have a group that now on Facebook has more than a thousand members. So it's obviously not going to be possible for me to meet every single one of them. But I have been in there ever since it started kind of because that was around the time I first moved here. And uh, the sort of 15, 20 people that first were in that group are still close. We we are this sort of extended family that that we don't have here biologically and uh, and we we are the sort of ride or dies that you know i got a a really bad stomach flu back in september and i just i just put it into our whatsapp chat that we have you know for like 12 of us or something and i was like is anybody available to bring me probiotics and a friend of mine who had just had brain surgery was like you know what i'm on sick leave i'm going to come and she came <laughs> and she brought me probiotics well or if somebody needs to move or if somebody's looking for something, then we all we all keep our eyes open. And and that goes just into the big group as well that, you know, every day there are people posting about, hey, I'm looking for this doctor that speaks English or I'm looking for a good school for my child or I'm looking for somebody to dog sit. It's really, really good to have an outlet to the knowledge that you yourself have curated for yourself over the over the years because people who just move here they know nothing at all and the gratitude that people have is also immensely amazing and just really cute so these communities are really important but also 
as you said, it's super normal. And that was something that took me such a long time to get used to, that you naturally divide into subgroups or smaller groups. And that was something that for me was very difficult at first because I have massive FOMO and I get very insecure when I see people hanging out and posting about it on Instagram and I'm not there. Sometimes I don't even want to be there or sometimes I can't be there because I'm at work. But I get a lot of FOMO and I've had to teach myself and I've had to seriously learn how to address that in a way that doesn't make my friends feel that I'm super needy and also doesn't feel that I'm just complaining about shit. So conflict resolution has been something that I've really had a very good schooling in in the last two years because you do have a family away from your family, but it's still not quite the same. Like you are super close to people, but you need to appreciate and note that they all have their own lives as well and their lives do not revolve around their friendship with you or the relationship with you or just you in general for somebody who's an absolute attention whore like me (laughs) that was a um, I can't say that it was a steep learning curve but it was something that I really had to be aware of and I've seen people not maybe be so well balanced or so aware of these things have really bad conflicts with each other and actually lose precious relationships that they have in their life because they cannot balance the cultural differences that we all have because it doesn't matter how well we get to know each other the the culture in which we grew up in that will always influence our decision making that will always inf- influence our understanding of our surroundings so we will never have the same level of balls out shit that we have maybe with our siblings that we actually grow up in the same household and completely understand why they say things and why they think the way they do right Uh, I find it so interesting what you brought up about your struggles accepting the subgroups because that was something that I was actually very nervous when it was happening and in this girl group because previous female groups that I've had have been very fixed and almost exclusive at times these subgroups were not, not that they weren't allowed, but they, they weren't, weren't welcome. They weren't so welcome yeah. because yeah, because the point was the group, but in, in this group, it just sort of happened. And, and I was then, I was personally okay with it. I'm definitely more of a small groups kind of gal. And I, I have Jomo, the joy of missing out. Like I love not being somewhere if I don't want to be there. So I knew it was fine for me, but I knew other people felt differently. And so I'm sitting there being like, oh no, we're hanging out. Uh, do I have to tell these other people that we're hanging out without them and, and apologize ahead of time and just make sure that they're okay with it? And it never did do that. I, I never went with that urge, but it was definitely there. And I had to kind of talk myself through being like, hey, that's not necessary. And it also in the process has has taught me that not every friend I have has to be the friend who sees my soul. And there's still worth in that. And that's not demeaning or diminishing that can also just be what it is. I think because I get really sucked into people's emotional energy, I can really get connected to this idea that a friendship has to be this this holy, intimate thing. And it does not. 
always have to be that way. No, it's really nice when it is. And like what you said about the subgroups, uh, that's another really important lesson that I've learned is that it all boils down to communication. It doesn't matter how big the group is or like, because I also, I like group activities, but I get tired of the repetitive notion of group activities after a while because it's very superficial because you just don't have the capacity to really dive deep into each and every one of them there on the spot right if you have a brunch you you catch up but it's you can't follow up on certain sub- subjects or like you just your attention is divided too many ways to feel that you really truly connected with someone that's how i feel but that's like a nordic thing i think um oftentimes that i feel i need to have that soul on soul connection for for my sort of social battery to charge right So when I meet up right. with a friend, I want to feel that we are connecting. So I love meeting my friends one-on-one, even though we are a big group. And when I had that FOMO or when I had the feeling, because I really, I felt really lonely at one point and I felt really like I was being left out like purposely. How I combat that and I really, I mean, I cannot recommend this highly enough to every single person. Learn how to openly and respectfully communicate it's not as easy as it sounds because we all want to be the ones who are right all the time <laughs> i know i'm absolutely i'm such a self-righteous person i really am i realized that i needed to talk to my friends so whenever i met up on them one on one and i had felt left out i let them know and i made sure that they understood that this was how i was feeling because i was very acutely aware that i was being unreasonable but it was just that was my emotional state and that was my mental state so i really just if they asked me how i had been and, and whatever i said you know what i i do have to tell you that i feel lonely and i feel that i would like to have more time with you or like that i would like to feel more connected because of you know x y and z and we all try to live our best lives on social media anyways and and i had these open communications with people and you know i was more eloquent um sometimes and less eloquent with others and and at that times i was maybe a sobbing mess but ultimately <laughs> they all understood where i was coming from i also told them like listen i don't need you to call me every day i don't need you to ask me out on coffee dates or whatever i just need you to know and acknowledge that i am feeling these irrational things right now and that actually uh, opened up like a whole new dimension in my relationships with my friends because they were like you know what i sometimes also feel like that and when people post about these things um on instagram and i'm sitting at work and i'm like why can't i be there it makes me feel irrationally angry and left out as well and like all of these things so i really sat down and i i took stock of my own emotions and i was like where are these coming from and i realized that most of them were just coming from my inability to have faith in myself and just like my complete lack of self confidence and making them feel that it wasn't their fault and it wasn't like i wasn't blaming them from it for anything i just i wanted to have that open um line of communication and that really improved my relationships with a lot of people and what i think is interesting in that too is that you were not necessarily going into that with a desire for a different action or for a certain action you were just going into that to communicate what you felt about something that happened in the past and 
naturally in, in the future, then they know that information and then maybe they do take different actions or approach something differently, or maybe they don't. And I think it's really healthy in friendships to just learn the importance of communicating without a goal of persuasion or change, the power of the communication in and of itself. Yeah. And the trust that that communication and their love for you and their desire to be a good friend to you with you will lead to some changes over time if that's if that's what's necessary. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes you just need to say like, hey, this happened. I felt this way. OK, great. Yeah. The main thing is that, yeah, not to write into it with this vocabulary of, of guilting people into things like you never hang out with me. Why don't you ever hang out with me? We need to hang out now. Like that will not have any beneficial outcomes for anyone. People will just think that you're super needy and they don't want to hang out with you at all. So <laughs> it's not, you know, it's it's not them. It's it's most of them. Are, it's not them. It's me. I went to therapy because I was like, you know what? I'm going to be super American now and I'm going to be the white chick who just goes and be like, I need to talk about my feelings. And honestly, it's been like the best thing I've ever done. And in Germany, you can do that on health insurance, which is fucking ingenious. It's truly a beautiful thing. It truly is. Oh, I just want to keep talking to you for forever and ever. Um, but, <laughs> but we can't. So instead, we are going to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It is a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Oh, Are you fuck. ready? Okay. I mean, <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Number one, who is your favorite female singer? Me. Uh, number two, what has been your favorite ice cream flavor this season? Mango. And finally, what's one thing I should do when I come and visit Cologne in a couple weeks? See me. <laughs> I love that you are the answer to two of these three questions. Yes. That is beautiful and wonderful. And this is me saying that I have no self-esteem, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but actually why you should see me is because I'm also a tour guide. So I know shit ton about Cologne. So I'm going to tell you all that. I'm going to spill all the tea. And I'm going to show you oh the cathedral. Gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. just got extra excited. Okay, cool. Okay. And um, if people want to find you and want to listen to your wonderful podcast, where can they go? They can first go on to Instagram at the expat lady experience and um, look at all the beautiful stuff that myself and people on um, guests on the podcast are posting. And then they can just head to their favorite podcast streaming platform and listen to all the episodes of the expat lady experience. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. And I'm so glad that you were a patient, wonderful person and put up with all of my chaos today. And you you stood you stood with me through it all. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It was an absolute blast. Thank you one more time to Mari for the wonderful talk and for stepping in and helping me through all of my technical issues. <laughs> Actually, this is perfect timing for the episode to be coming out because, as I mentioned, I'm headed to Cologne soon and Mari and I will be able to meet up in person. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. I've linked to her podcast. In the show notes, you'll also find links to my social media. So I am at the Expat Cast on Instagram and on Twitter. Please leave me a rating and a review on Apple 
Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. I'm a DIY podcaster, so I need all the help I can get to get the show to grow. And leaving ratings and reviews is the number one way that you can help me do that. Number two being, tell a friend. Share an episode with someone who you think might enjoy it. On Thursday, we're going to be back in your feeds with an episode about starting over from scratch when you move abroad. All right, until then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy, stay safe, stay cool. Bis dann. Tschüss.